When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I don't have all of my boxes checked for what this team needs to do, but it's getting there, and there's still no result. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're in two football and or baseball i also offer daily shots of steelers and pirates in the same place that you found this ducks four penguins three if i wasn't there covering it i wouldn't believe that it happened i've never seen something like that at any level of the game at any stage of my life but there were the penguins for two straight minutes of five on three trying the same play again and again and again Carlson to Gino at the center point. Carlson to Gino at the center point. Carlson to Gino at the center. Oh, Adam Henrique picks the last one. Intercepts the pass. Springs Mason McTavish for a 100-foot breakaway and the easiest finish you'll ever see to beat Tristan Jari with 11.9 seconds left. I mean... I mean, what was that? And if you think the finish alone is bizarre, the Penguins generated 95 total shot attempts in this game. Over a 60-minute game, 95 shot attempts. You won't see that happen in a normal two games, let alone one. It's 1.5 shot attempts, obviously, per minute. It's like sitting there teeing off. And they still couldn't get it done. Couple of power play goals by Eric Carlson and Evgeny Malkin when they weren't doing that back and forth thing. And what seemed like a big goal at the time from Radim Zahorna early in the third to take a 3-2 lead for about a minute and a half until Jari gave up another one to McTavish. Meaning an earlier one. Jari was lousy. Okay. I'm not sweeping that under any figurative rug here. Jari was lousy. I think he's been the Penguins' number one problem to date in this still young season. He's got an 893 save percentage. He's a $5 million goaltender. Gave up three short side goals last night, if you count the one that was erroneously, in my mind, waved off for Anaheim. That's, That's not good enough. But other than that, other than the goaltending, and I know, I know, other than that, how'd you like to play, Mrs. Lincoln? The Penguins are pretty much doing what it is that everybody'd been kind of pushing for. Think about this. They've had all the possession. They've been tough on the puck. They're not throwing the puck away. They're not really making mistakes. Certainly not like they were in the earlier part of the season. And the biggest criticism, I think, 
it, well, in my case, aside from the goaltending, has been the inability or the unwillingness to go to the front of the net, either their own or the other guys. And they've taken care of that too. They've taken care of that as well. They were in front of the Ducks net. They were generating screens, tips, deflections, redirects. Everything was no nonsense. The puck would go back to the point, and instead of being shoveled down low, it would go to the net, or it would get blocked by somebody, but at least it was heading in that general direction with that general intent. That's what you want to see. I asked Mike Sullivan after this game, this team's now three and six, okay? This isn't, this isn't like, okay. This isn't, oh, well, it's just a couple of games. They're three and six. They have the worst record in the Eastern Conference. I asked Sullivan what else he could tell his guys after generating all, all this offense and all this zone time. Mike, what do you say after, I mean, everything that you wanted, unless I missed something out there, happened other than scoring? Uh, you even had people in the paint. You had screens, tips, deflections, everything. Uh, what do you do? You just assume that it's going to be like, well, here's a log jam. We're just going to break through it eventually. Well, I'd like to believe with the types of chances that we're getting, um, five on five, the power play. You know, minus the last one, but the power play for most of the night was pretty good. You know, and uh, when you look at the types of chances that we're getting offensively, both five on five, five on four. You know, I've said this to you guys, you know, our underlying numbers are pretty strong. And so when, when we drill down into the details and we look at just the process and are we generating opportunities, are we defending against some, you know, it's it's not perfect out there. It's, it's a game of mistakes. It is what it is. But I think when, when you look at the body of work here over the last little while, we've had a fair amount of opportunities to score. We've, we've carried the play a fair amount of uh, a fair amount of the games. Like I said, we, we haven't, I don't think we've got rewarded for some of the efforts. We just got to stay with it. I, I know this man, okay? I've known him for a few years now. And I can tell when he's upset or disappointed in the players or their effort or their will or their togetherness. None of that is the case right now. He's not happy with Jari. He made no secret of that, giving a one-sentence answer as to what he thought about Jari's performance to date. Just saying, and I'm paraphrasing, uh, this is the way our whole team is going right now. Some up, some down. But he's not really in a great position to say, hey, let's really try some different things here because the stuff that they tried in this game, so to speak, generated 95 total shot attempts. The Ducks don't stink anymore. The Ducks have actually been playing pretty well. And oh, by the way, they became the first team to beat the Bruins this year with a pretty impressive little rally and all. So to do that to this opponent... And not come away with the, the result is not the kind of thing that you as a coach are going to take back to your office and say, man, I totally blew that one. A coach in hockey, and this again goes to 
everything from the NHL on down can only strive to create chances and, of course, to minimize chances in their own end. They've done that. They've done that. Even within the concept of, well, you're creating a lot of chances, but you're not banging away at the rebounds and you're not there. They're doing that. They're doing that. If you don't think that they are, that only tells me that you haven't seen the last three games, with the exception of the third period against Ottawa, which I didn't like at all. But from Colorado, the first two periods against Ottawa, and now this entire game, they've done that. They've done that. So what are they missing? Well, they could use a couple of saves from their $5 million goaltender. They also could just use, being honest here, some puck luck. Maybe they'll get that Saturday night in San Jose when we come back J1Q. Today's J1Q comes from Patty, who asks, DK, when will Todd Reardon be held accountable for the poor performance of the power play and the lack of solid defense from the team? Both of those being his responsibility. I'm sick in particular of the power play being thrown out there with no change doing the same thing and getting nowhere. Uh, to clarify something first, Patty, Reardon isn't really in charge of the defense. What he is in charge of is distributing them over the course of the game. Mike Sullivan is the one who sends the forward lines out and Reardon is the one who sends the defense pairings out or because of the incongruity of the amount of ice time that Chris Letang and Eric Carlson get with their partner's ice time, they'll move guys in and out with those players as well. That's it. That's all Reardon does. It's not like he coaches the defense like a defensive coordinator in football or anything like that. He does work with some defensemen individually. I can add that. As for the power play, you know what? I, I'd love to have some kind of different answer for you based on the way the power play looked until the last one last night. But when you see... Five on three, five on four. For most of the night, the Penguins generated good shots, good traffic, okay movement. But then there were also situations where they could have had much better movement and became way too predictable and way too static. Didn't even budge. And I'm not just talking about the final two minutes, the, that five on three debacle where everybody was just trying to set up Gino. I would rather have seen Carlson in that spot. I'm talking about an earlier power play where Ricard Raquel lined up in the high slot. The Ducks saw it. The Ducks were there. They were on it. And yet the Penguins kept trying to force it there. That's an indicator that you don't have a great plan. That's an indicator that you've put something together that the other team has smoked out and you really ought to be trying something else instead of just pushing and pushing and pushing. But for the most part, see, I don't mean to keep taking Reardon off the hook for all this stuff, but Patty, he doesn't really run the power play either. The players do. When you're talking about Sidney Crosby, 
Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang, now Eric Carlson. And you can throw Jake Gensel and Brian Rust and these other participants. Uh, Riley Smith was promoted to the top unit for this game. Those guys will listen. They'll look at the dry erase board. But when they get out there, especially with the freewheeling that they're encouraged to do by both Sullivan and Reardon, they're just going to do their thing. Now, their thing is most effective when they're rotating, when they're being unpredictable, which they did somewhat last night and then just locked in like statues over the last couple, including, including the five on three. I, I still, I'm not even sure I want to watch the five on three again, that one and study it. Because you had players who are, I mean, most of them are headed to the Hall of Fame. And they know better than to just get that comfortable. But they did. They really locked in like this was just going to be Geno firing through the middle or bust. And when you're doing that, not to veer off here, Patty, but when you do that, you're doing the other team's goaltender such a massive favor. Because the only thing you're tasking him with is stopping a 50-foot, probably unscreened shot from straight ahead. Every goaltender will sign up for that all day long. And that's what they did. Now, yeah, Gino hit the post with his last shot, but then it comes around. Carlson tries to pass again, and you know the rest. They still need to be a lot better than they were last night, and that's saying something considering they did score two goals. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. 